Hi, this is Freddie Spencer coming to you after the 2018 MotoGP race in Mazzano, Italy at the Mazzano World Circuit Marco Simicelli. Now, Mazzano is one of those tracks that, that I had some success on but also struggled on. I got second there in my first year in 1982 on the uh, HRC, first year of HRC, first year in Grand Prix racing with Honda, we finished second to Franco and Cheney. And I remember that race so well because it's a race that basically for 40 laps, I couldn't get within about any closer than about a half a second to Franco or about two tenths, three tenths of a second was the closest I could get. And, and it would just fluctuate the entire race, him in first, me in second. And the reason why I learned something in that race was because I figured out exactly what I needed to do to be able to negate the acceleration advantage that the four cylinders had on us, even in that first year of the three cylinder, but what I certainly thought would happen the next year, our second year in the world championship, which I knew was gonna be the critical year, uh, and our fir first, real first chance of winning the world championship, and it certainly was. But it was that race that taught me it was the mid-corner transition, direction change, that I was gonna to have to work on, not just with the motorcycle, but also in what I could do. Now, I could have said after that race, listen, you guys, we're going to have to do something. The four cylinders have more acceleration. You guys need to fix that. I'm doing everything I can. But that's not the way I looked at it. I remember so well sitting down after the race with, with Irv Kanemoto. And, and I said, Irv, if we can get the three-cylinder better in this, this way, in this direction, a little, little better as far as the initial uh, throttle, or throttle response, then I believe I can work on that transition better. And in fact, it was something that I learned to do in my yard as a kid. And I just wanted to refine it more. And it, it certainly made the difference for that next season. And it was one reason why that even as the four-cylinder got stronger later in the year, 1983, that next season, um, over our three-cylinder, and negated any advantage we had in the beginning of the year, it was the fact that I knew exactly what I needed to work on and what I worked on myself to improve, along with what we worked with the bike that made the difference. Teamwork, working together. Not just putting all the effort on the crew or the engineers, but me working on what I need to work on too. That is certainly a quality that helps, and I, I suggest to any rider of any level to, to do, and it's certainly, I believe, something that the very top riders understand. It's just not up to the team, but them too. Now let's talk a little bit about a couple of the issues that happened uh, over the weekend. The first was in Moto2 that probably everybody knows about already with Romano Fanati and what he did to put the other rider in danger during the race that it uh, was, was, is basically was unacceptable. And this is basically what happened. He got into a skirmish, I guess a lap or two before, um, uh, with another rider and, and got pushed wide and anyway something happened. I haven't seen it but his response was he just couldn't obviously couldn't control his emotions and he lashed out at the rider and they were basically going along side by side and Fernandi reached over oh, he was on the right side of the rider reached over and grabbed at the, the rider's front brake and I guess squeezed anyway caused the bike the other rider's instability um, could have caused him to crash and, and it doesn't matter that it didn't nothing really happened it's obvious that by putting another rider in danger on purpose is completely unacceptable. 
And he has shown, obviously, some, some flashes of inability to control his emotions. He was kicked out, from what I understand, he was kicked out of uh, Valentina Rossi's VR46 camp uh, for that exact same thing, just attitude. And he has obviously shown some ability uh, to, and he's won races. Uh, so it's, it's really unfortunate. Now, he did put out a release afterwards, and he apologized for his behavior. But I think that his present team and the team that he was going to be riding for next year made the right call. Because at, from a professional standpoint, from an example standpoint, and just the fact that our sport is dangerous enough and other riders cannot be put in that tight danger, the right decision was made. And, it's, and it's, it's unfortunate for him that he did that. You don't like to see anybody. I certainly don't like to see someone throw, throw away their career like that really before it ever gets started. Now, he's made the decision in the last couple of days um, because basically what happened is present team um, suspended him, but even then after the race, the race stewards, they, they imposed upon him a fine and, and a two-race penalty, but his present team basically let him go. The team that he was going to ride for next year was the team that the other rider was riding for. So obviously just poor judgment all the way around. So I guess uh, Romano has made the decision that he's quitting motorcycling. He said he's going to go back and go to school. So hopefully he can get his act together, and I certainly wish him the best. But I think the right decision was made all around uh, for what he did. Other situation that happened was in the press conference on Thursday between Valentino Rossi and Mark Marquez. And we all know uh, the friction and situations happened over the last three or four years and just the, um, you know, ill feelings, but certainly more of just diverse personalities and, and whatever that happens. But it's unfortunate, and I think basically that a, a journalist talked about maybe Chagnin's put bad uh, everything in the past. The question asking Mark, does he like the whistles and the booing? And he basically said, no, he doesn't. And so he reached over to shake, uh, shake Valentino's hand, and Valentino didn't do it. He didn't, he didn't want to shake his hand. He said there's basically no problems uh, between him and Mark, and, and basically that he didn't want to bother with it. He doesn't care, basically, enough to make the effort. And, and that is unfortunate, um, because at the end of the day, and I certainly understand everything that's happened, and I certainly understand um, positioning, whether it's mind games, I've, you know, I've been put in that position myself. A couple of guys I raced against, strong personalities. But you, you always want to, at the end of the day, feel like that the riders put aside maybe their own self and look at what is best for the sport. Ultimately, it's the sport that has given them the opportunity to be who they are. And they should never forget that. Now, let's talk a little bit about qualifying and what happened in qualifying. The front row for the MotoGP at, at the end of, of qualifying was um, Jorge Lorenzo, and then you had Jack Miller and Maverick Vinales. Now, certainly out of those three, Jack Miller was certainly the, the surprise. He was the surprise that I think, uh, certainly for the weekend, but it was great to see, and he was on... You know, the two, he's on the 2018 bike, 
and he just did a great job. I would like to see Jack get back that form that he showed a little bit at the beginning of the year, you know, because he certainly has put in his time. You know, I think that people maybe have written him off after the struggles uh, on the Honda and coming over from Moto3 as he did a few years ago. And like I said, the struggles uh, getting um, acquainted with the Honda, he certainly, as we know, won the race in those mixed conditions uh, last year. But I think that um, he has just got to maybe get his focus a little better because he certainly has the speed and he has the, the talent. And I, I certainly would like to see him do it. And next year, he'll be on um, the, the good bike, and, or at least the current bike, and uh, the current Ducati. And I think that, you know, having events like this, you know, races where he can just get his confidence there and, and uh, again, his focus. You know, he did crash in the race, so he certainly got still some area to improve. Maverick and Vinales, I think I suspected, and I really thought that with his race pace that he was showing in FP4 um, and throughout Friday and Saturday, and then he put in that great qualifying lap to get a good starting position, which has certainly been a problem for him, starting farther back in the field. And then on race days, usually struggles in the beginning or has, and then he kind of works up through and finishes strong the race. So I thought, well, this will be a great opportunity for him to put it all together and put in a good ride. But it, it's certainly interesting to see not only because the heat was there on Saturday and they seemed to be okay, but they just, him and Valentino both, really struggled during the race on Sunday and cannot figure out why. So, you know, hopefully they'll get that worked. It's certainly it's, it's certainly an electronics issue. We know that. But they just can't seem to get that consistent uh, consistency there, uh, not just in different conditions, but working with specifically with the Michelin rear tire. Maybe they're affected um, by the variance sometimes in the performance, even of the even of the same same tire, which everybody talks about. There's even that talk about the fact that the rubber that's laid down on the Moto3 and the Moto2 race maybe seems to have some effect on how the Michelin tire specifically is working in the MotoGP race, and maybe maybe the Yamaha is really sensitive to that. I have known the different brands even back back in my day that the Yamaha couldn't use the same tire as the Honda, and vice versa. So. We'll have to see where they're going to go with that. But in the race, the three riders up front were the same that we've been seeing uh, recently. You know, we, we talked about, or I talked about the fact that Mark, is, uh, Mark Marquez is, is going about and qualifying in practice, less crashes. Uh, he certainly had a, had a crash in, in, in qualifying two that we saw. And he certainly, I think, probably holds the record for the fastest time of getting from that crash it, on a scooter and to the to the paddock and onto the bike and onto the track, maybe maybe he holds the record for that. But it, it was it was pretty quick. But he wasn't able to pull out uh, and qualify on the front row. As, as I said, it was it was do it was uh, Lorenzo Miller and Maverick Vernales. So I think Mark Mark was certainly he was on on the second row. But like I said, in the race you had Lorenzo. Dovi and Mark Marquez, and it looked like it was going to be a great battle. And I kind of, I really believed that it was going to be Jorge Lorenzo that was going to pull it out, and maybe Mark was going to be right there. But Dovi is just the master of, of his racecraft, 
And, and certainly I think the fact that, that Jorge was not able to use uh, the soft front and the soft rear maybe had certainly a, a impact on what happened late in the race when he had that crash with a couple laps to go. But I think he was also pushing too. Um, it is interesting um, the, when you watch all the front end crashes that you see over the weekend with the Michelin, Michelin front. There's that, that margin of error um, that is, is very narrow. And especially between when you have particular bikes or like in Ori's case, Jorge Lorenzo's case trying to run that medium front instead of the soft that he's, that he's used to. But he crashed out, which allowed Mark Marquez to finish second and Cal Crutchlow to finish third and, and just another great ride for Dovey. And you have to say, though, that Mark is using his head and doing exactly what he needs to do and, and pulled out a, um, a little bigger points lead because Valentino now dropped down into dropped to third with Dovey in second and Jorge Lorenzo in fourth. Like I said, I want to give a shout-out for Cal Crutchlow. Great ride by him. Great, smart ride. And now we know what Danny Petrosa is going to do. Uh, I think that is a little bit of a surprise that he's going to be going to KTM and be their test ride, but I understand. It's certainly a big change, uh, and he can contribute on a whole new uh, level, and certainly he's going to bring a lot to KTM in their development for bikes for next year. Well, the next race, I think, will be certainly interesting. We'll see if it'll be the same three again or if some other team and a couple of riders can get up there and challenge the three amigos of Jorge Lorenzo, Davicioso, and Mark Marquez. I'm looking forward to it. Hope you are, too.